The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Wednesday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, always honored and privileged to be your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the multitude, the plethora of major stories that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Our commitment, of course, is to remain live and local and make sure that your voice is heard as we talk about the issues of the day. And we are T-minus 34 days until the midterm elections on November 8th. Did you get your sample ballot yet? Uh, Got mine yesterday. And so I'm assuming that uh, many folks across many other counties have uh, or, or are about to receive theirs as well. Are you ready? Do you feel you have enough information to fill that out yet? Well, we're going to continue to provide you as much information as possible. We'll have candidates on uh, the Mike Douglas show here, and we'll continue to look at some local measures as well as the state propositions as well. Again, T-minus 34 days and counting, I do believe, and this is not chicken little, nobody's crying wolf, the sky is not falling, but I do believe this is the most critical election, at least in my lifetime, which is getting longer every day here as a resident of California. Uh, Don't know about you. Today, uh, some uh, updates on uh, two of the major crime issues you and I have been following. If, uh, if we can go back and, and revisit what's happening down in Merced, uh, the authorities there still looking for that family of four who were kidnapped at gunpoint on Monday. Scary stuff, isn't it? Merced County Sheriff Vern Warnke says the man seen on tape, uh, or recorded anyway, is now in custody at a local hospital. And as we know, he attempted to take his own life uh, originally. Here's uh, the sheriff giving an update on that situation. Seeing everything that's gone on, I fully believe that there was uh, at least one other person involved, but we don't have any evidence to support that. It's just the circumstances surrounding this, I believe that there is. Well, what they do have is information on the person they have in custody. Again, apparently he attempted suicide at the time. Uh, The relatives of 48-year-old Jesus Salgado, he is the uh, person of interest, uh, they say he admitted to being involved. He's in the hospital now. Detectives have not been able to speak to him. Uh, I watched part of that press conference this morning, and apparently one of the issues is Uh, He is sedated, and every time, apparently, they bring him out of sedation, why he becomes very violent. And uh, and so it's it's a problem, and the doctor's being very careful on this. Of course, the the police are uh, anxious for him to be able to provide them with some information, but his... uh, his violent tendencies at this point, and obviously tendencies to destroy himself, uh, are a problem in terms of trying to uh, 
to get information from him. Apparently what they do know is two adult male victims uh, were seen with their hands zip-tied behind their backs as they were led to a getaway vehicle on Monday. Uh, the women, uh, the woman rather, and uh, the baby, the eight-month-old, weren't restrained, uh, but they were also taken at gunpoint. So the sheriff uh, also saying that the suspect uh, still under sedation, as we have reported. Here's Sheriff Warnke again. The doctors know that there's a rush on this. So they're, everybody's been very supportive and cooperative, but right now we've got to get this person into a position where we can start asking questions and hopefully get some answers. Normally, what they do is that that they don't give out a lot of information in cases like this because they need to know when people are coming forward with information, they keep back certain details so that they can tell whether the witness or whether the person providing that information is credible or not. If they provide information that matches up to things they know, then obviously that gives that person credibility. What the sheriff uh, talked about and, and restated several times during the news conference earlier today was that their main concern is locating the family. And, uh, of course, that, that's going to depend upon the only person that can tell them that at this point, and that's the person under sedation who appears to be uh, a suspect and who is apparently still very violent. Again, here's Sheriff Warnke. We wouldn't be sharing all of this. But we want the family back. So um, at this point in time, that's all my focus is, is to get the family back. And uh, our prayers are, are that, that the family will be located, you know, on this, it's obviously at, at the top of our minds that someone who would take the extreme measure of trying to commit suicide as uh, he's being taken into custody leads us to think perhaps uh, that the, the family is not still alive. Our prayers are that they are and that they can be uh, located. Any information, any information at all, uh, they're requesting that you call the Merced County Sheriff's Office, their phone number 209-385-7547. Again, that's the Merced County Sheriff's Office looking for any information, 209-385-7547. And again, it just uh, lends more weight to a question that we asked yesterday. Are you doing things differently? And this apparently uh, was uh, in, in daylight, I believe. And it's, it's just becoming very worrisome to all of us. My opinion is evil, <laughs> evil is uh, unleashing itself. And we have created, I think, an environment in this country through idiotic district attorneys, through idiotic state attorney generals, uh, or attorneys general, to be grammatically uh, precise, and idiotic decisions by U.S. Attorney General, uh, the Department of Justice. We have created an environment in our society for evil to flourish. In fact, evil is rewarded. Isn't it? Think about uh, back to the riots of 2020. Those folks really were rewarded. By and large, there have been no great investigations. There have been no big arrests. Nobody has been uh, 
uh, video doing a uh, perp walk. No, they were allowed to uh, burn up neighborhoods. They were allowed to uh, uh, hurt people badly. They were allowed to burn down police stations. They were allowed to take over neighborhoods and create their own uh, their own government, so to speak. That I don't I don't see a lot of flap about the media about them, you know. But yet we see people who oppose abortion being hooked up, if at all possible, some charge being sought after them. We see the FBI used as uh, as a lever, as a hammer against the narrative, against the policies of the federal government. We're in, we're in sad times. And I want to put on my pastor's hat here just for a second. There's a, a pastor that I sat under uh, when I was at Lake Avenue Church in Pasadena, California, going up there, and uh, I was in oh, my uh, oh, 30, uh, late 20s, early 30s when Dr. Paul Cedar became the pastor there. And, he, and I've, uh, I've worked with Dr. Paul for, for years afterwards. We've uh, collaborated on, on national uh, initiatives and such. But he, he had uh, a saying, and I think it's something that I abide by. He said, prayer is not the only thing we do but it's the first thing we do. And I think that's at the forefront of what we're talking about here is uh, we need to be praying hard for those of you who are people of faith, but then we also need to take action. And that action, I believe, adds up to T minus 34 days. We need to be represented at the polls in great numbers. It just shocks me how many people don't vote. So what do you think? Why is this evil happening? Why is it so prevalent today? What do you think is going on? Our number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Well, we also look for good things that are going on, and I'll tell you a good thing that happens in the midst of maybe not so good things, not so good, is mortgage rate increases are impacting home sales. Wall Street Journal is saying home sales are down an average of 20% from this time last year. Well, the good news, the good thing is there is one agent I trust, one agent I would even trust with selling my own home during a market slowdown, and his name, Dan Phipps. Look, if you want to move closer to work, don't think you can afford it, well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. His proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You are in complete control. No required costly repairs. No long-term contracts. You can even pick your move date. And if you ask him, Dan can even help you find a new, a new home before you move. Well, I'll tell you, Kyle and Tammy in Oakdale know all about it. They had a long commute. They were tired. 
and there was no way they could sell their home for enough to afford a decent place closer to their work. Well, they were hoping for a miracle, so they called Dan Phipps, and you know what? He delivered just that. They said their homes sold for a price beyond their expectations, and they now have the cash to buy closer to work. They say, thank you, Dan Phipps. Absolutely. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. I would hire him to sell my own home. He is the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209 593 1111 or go to danphipps.com that's dan phipps with three p's d-a-n-p-h-i-p-p-s.com and mike douglas show will continue in three minutes take a look at what's happening up in stockton as the mike douglas show continues right here on power talk 1360 kfiv he's got issues let's talk about it the mike douglas show on air and online power talk 1360 kfiv and welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Wednesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Very interesting, this Merced case. Let's uh, let's stick with this for a little bit and, and talk about it. Investigators uh, obtained a surveillance photo of a subject making a bank transaction where the person is similar in appearance to the surveillance video from the original kidnapping scene. And so we begin to to ask, what in the world is going? Was it a robbery? Uh, what what was it? What was it? It seems like this was random. We don't quite know. In a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll play a couple of more comments from uh, the sheriff and his uh, his press conference earlier today. Let's go to the phones two zero nine five five one. 3483 Barbara from Stockton what do you think's up today Well uh, Mike you was talking about all of the bad things that are happening in the world and I was just thinking that when you take away the pillars of society such as family and morality then anything goes and and the people can't trust the government when they see all the the way that they act, and they cannot be trusted in how they treat the public. You know, they just say, well, I can do what I want to do, because looks, look, everybody else is doing it. And, and the media promotes it. Barbara, I think you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> to me, it's all about expectation. It's all about expectation. Yes. If we lower the bar of expectation or take it away, if we tolerate... Violence. If we tolerate crime, if we make excuses for it, we get the results uh, that, that we're looking for. And I think you, you really hit it on the head when you talked about family, ethics, and morality. You, you take those issues out of a culture, the culture will fall. And I know, Barbara, we're, yeah. we're shifting gears a little bit away from Merced just for a second What's your evaluation of what's uh, happening in Stockton with this uh, possible serial killer? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the only thought that I can think is that it's happened in other places, and maybe this is a way for a person to get notoriety, and, you know, it's just, it's just a sign of the times. 
Barbara, does it worry you being in the Stockton area? To, uh, I don't know if you're near any of those areas, but have you changed the way that uh, you travel, you walk, any changes in, in your life given all of this that's going on? Well, no, not in my life, Mike, because I am a home fast, being that I can't walk that well and in a wheelchair. Mm. So it, when I get out, if I have to do anything, uh, it's in the daytime. And I'm back home. Got it. Understand thoroughly, Barbara, what you're saying there. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that. Barbara from Stockton, I hitting it again, hitting the proverbial nail on the head again, talking about when you kick the underpinnings of strong families and morality and ethics, when you kick those foundations out from underneath a culture, the culture will fall. Absolutely. Well, earlier today, again, we've heard a, a couple of clips from uh, Sheriff uh, down in uh, Merced County and uh, pers- uh, Sheriff Warnke. And I just want to give you a couple of minutes of uh, the press conference that happened this morning. Uh, he's uh, basically at this point taking questions from reporters, those uh, in the room at the press conference. This is Sheriff Vern Warnke, Merced County. So that's, again, with the money. Uh, again, the information we don't want to let out about how much is because we want people, if they got information, we want to know that they're telling the truth and are accurate with it. But because of that, the transaction itself leads me to believe that there was a money issue. It's every, it's everybody, the, not just that family, but we got family here. Time is of the essence because we want to get this taken care of now. Uh, we don't know where. We don't know what. We want that to happen. So right now, uh, prayers need to be going that somehow this suspect. All right. It sounds like uh, we're not hearing a full um it may be a wrong channel here. That's unfortunate, but that's okay. What he's talking about is the fact that the uh, it appears to be he was involved in some sort of transaction. In other words, uh, he was looking at the fact that the AT- an ATM card from uh, one of the family members was used uh, in in um, at an ATM, and and so he's saying that you know perhaps this was. The motive was simply a uh, financial issue. He was looking to do a, a robbery of sorts, an electronic robbery. Again, a lot of speculation at this point. What do you think? What do you think is going on? And this is, this is terrible. What kind of a man takes an eight-month-old and kidnaps him along with his mother and two other men? What kind of man does that? I mean, if if he's bent, I guess I understand taking adults captive. But to take a mother and her eight-month-old child, to me, this is evil personified. It really is. I, uh, I just uh, don't understand it. And again, I'm, my worry is about the family right now. It's... Uh, been since Monday. We haven't heard anything about uh, where they might be located. Nobody apparently has seen anything. And uh, this, uh, again, leads me uh, to believe 
the possibility of the worst, but again, our prayers are for the best, and that is that uh, they are still okay and can be located. Again, let me give you the phone number for Merced County Sheriff. If you have any leads, if you know anybody who has any leads, the number to call, 209-385-7547. That's 209-385-7547. And again, it was very interesting listening to the sheriff earlier today pointing out, and I think this is this is really interesting, this suspect is so violent, again, tried to commit suicide before being taken into custody, He's so violent, every time they bring him out of sedation, he becomes violent again. And so it's a very difficult thing to uh, to try to get him to the point where he's conscious and able to give information because he goes back into his uh, into his violent mode. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this again, Merced County Sheriff number two zero nine three eight five seven five four seven. In five minutes, we're going to uh, turn our attention to San Joaquin County. Scheduled to be with us is County Supervisor Tom Patty from San Joaquin County. We'll be talking to him about what's happening up there and his race for California District 9. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate that so much. And again, I, I appreciate your willingness to participate in this live and local dynamic. And we're so thankful to iHeartMedia for providing that to us. And the the fact that we're able to disagree without being disagreeable at times, that's what it's all about. That's what the marketplace of ideas is all about, my friends. And you don't see that. You don't see that much anywhere today on any media. And so, uh, again, I thank you for that dynamic and being able to discuss these things uh, openly and uh, with rationality and with reasonableness and with respect. We were talking earlier about the uh, press conference earlier today uh, about what was happening in uh, in Merced. And uh, I want to take just a couple of moments. Uh, again, this is not... Uh, it is not edited in, in terms of the, the nice production we like to provide you. I'm just grabbing uh, the information uh, that, that we picked up as I was listening to him. A couple of interesting comments, and I'll, uh, uh, where explanation is needed, I'll, I'll step in. But let me just play a couple of minutes of this press conference from the Merced County uh, Sheriff Warnke earlier today. It Well, uh, it wasn't a lot, but it was still a transaction using our family's uh, financial information. So that's, again, with the money. Uh, again, the information we don't want to let out about how much is because we want people, if they got information, we want to know that they're telling the truth and are accurate with it. But because of that, the transaction itself leads me to believe that there was a money issue. It's, every, it's it, everybody, the, not just that family, but we got family here. Time is of the essence because we want to get this taken care of now. Uh, we don't know where. We don't know what. We want that to happen. So right now, uh, prayers need to be going that 
somehow this suspect is convinced to talk to us because that person right now is our, our sole lead on where the people are. We're working everything else. Yes, dear. Well, the, the wake up part was a medically induced sedation. Okay, uh, because of the treatment, they didn't want him thrashing around. I can tell you that every time he's even come near consciousness, uh, he's been violent. Okay, so we don't know. But the, the medical issue is because the, the doctors are treating him, and uh, to get that treatment done, he has to be sedated. All right, so there's a good explanation of, of the problem right now, is that every time they bring him out of sedation, he becomes violent again. Uh, again, we're listening to Sheriff Vern Warnke uh, earlier today, about 10 o'clock in the morning, a press conference they had down in Merced. Uh, I'll give you just a, another quick uh, listen or two uh, from that press conference. We just have him picked up on the, that surveillance walking southbound on Highway 59 near the business. That's the only one that we got that shows him walking. We don't have any video to show that he was dropped off. We show nothing except he was walking. I, no, I said in the first one they did. We don't know what this guy did, does or doesn't know. We haven't been able to talk to him. So far, my speculation is is financial. Until we prove otherwise, until that, and uh, again, we don't believe there's a hate crime involved. We just think that this guy, because of his history, he's a robber, he's a thief, needs to be in prison. Okay? So that- there, there you go. <clears throat> that, gets, that gets to the point. He's, he's a robber, and uh, he, he, he's an evil guy. He needs to be put in prison. Uh, I, I think the sheriff hit the nail on the head. Again, uh, prayers with uh, the family, and again, we, we pray for the best and uh, look forward to uh, hearing updates from them. I want to turn uh, now our attention to Stockton. And as you know, there's been a reward for this uh, possible serial killer. Now, there there have been various uh, ideas on whether or not he's a a serial killer. Uh, But uh, it does appear that they're tying in six or seven different uh, uh, well, at least uh, six homicides and then a, an injury of, of a woman uh, who uh, survived, uh, was not shot to death, but five, five or six other men shot to death, and uh, one earlier in uh, Oakland about a, a year ago. So ballistics is tying in, uh, and they, they believe that the same suspect may be involved in all of these. So they've raised the award uh, reward right now, by the way, to $125,000. And Stockton Police Chief Stanley McFadden uh, says that they have an inconclusive video. Have you seen that? Inconclusive video of a person of interest who may or may not be tied uh, to the murders of those six men. Here's Chief McFadden. Again, this person is a person of interest. Again, we have no evidence that connects this person as committing any of these crimes. So just uh, to very quickly rehearse what happened, since July of this year, a man has been murdered. uh, One man was murdered in Oakland, five in Stockton. Uh, The ballistics tests show the same type of weapon was apparently used to commit each murder. Now, one deviation from the pattern is a woman was shot and survived. And uh, the Chief McFadden up in Stockton says the woman was able to provide at least some description of the suspect. 
She described that person between five feet ten and six foot, wearing all dark clothing, wearing a dark COVID-style mask that was concealing his face, and wearing a dark jacket as well. And so uh, the beat goes on, my friends, and it is these, unfortunately, these types of investigations don't roll out the way they do on television dramas, isn't it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of this rolled out like a television drama does, that everything is is neatly tied up within, uh, oh, 58 minutes? Just doesn't happen that way, does it? Again, uh, possible serial killer uh, involved in those uh, six homicides, shootings of... Uh, of males in Stockton and uh, the one female who was the only survivor of those shootings. She was able to provide a quick description. Be interested to uh, get your take on what's going on. What do you think's at the root of this? My sense is evil people are feeling the, the freedom to do what they do because our culture thanks to governmental officials, has become so permissive that evil is now allowed to flourish. And there are apparently no consequences for abhorrent behavior. Let's find out what you think. 209-551-3483. We'll go to the phones. And uh, Debbie from Stanislaus. Debbie, what's your evaluation of what's going on? Well... I think it's um, it's totally so. It's in our society all the way through. You just it's not going to stop. It's going to get worse. There's no penalty anymore for anything that anybody does wrong. And so, because the administration wants to have this scenario for us, I still say we're going to have a civil war. We can't keep going this way because people are needing, they're needing money to pay for their gasoline. They're, needing, they're t- being told that eventually, very soon, they're going to have to have more money to have certain things that we, we can't even afford, barely what we, we have. And we have an administration that's killing us. They opened the borders, which made our country not legal anymore. So that's why they're getting by with all of this. And, and Mr. Douglas, I'm sorry that I have to be so repetitive but it seems so clear what we have to do, and it's going to be hard, but we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to fight back. And God bless our country. God bless everybody in the world, for that matter, if we could just have morality and we could care about every human being that's on this planet. But right now we're losing our country. Thank you well, for taking my call. Thank you, Debbie. And and I I agree with you that we need to fight back. Now, What does that look like? See, that's the key. What does fighting back look like? In fact, I'd I'd be interested in many of you weighing in on that. What, given all the permissiveness, given the lack of consequences for choices, bad choices, evil choices, destructive choices, fatal choices, giving the lack of consequences for that, what does it mean for us to, as Debbie said, fight back? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483.
What does fighting back against this look like to you? 209-551-3483. We'll get back to the phones in five in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show this fine Wednesday afternoon here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So... Elon Musk, uh, I'm I'm looking for some bright things, some some glimmers of hope to talk about today. I know we've been talking about some some dramatic things and and things that are are dark in terms of the evil involved. Let how about Elon Musk? All right, he's now he's saying I'm going to go through. Uh, I think with this deal to buy Twitter. And Bloomberg reporting that uh, Mr. Musk has, uh, again, made the proposal to Twitter in a letter. He's saying that he's going to agree to buy uh, Twitter for basically what he talked about before, $44 billion. Wouldn't it be fun to have $44 billion to go buy Twitter? Well, remember, he changed his mind, tried to back out of the deal. Uh, Twitter sued Mr. Musk to try to force him to go through with the purchase. And apparently, they still plan to go to court on October 17. And uh, so at this point, Elon Musk is reportedly agreeing to acquire Twitter for $54.20 per share. Uh, again, would it, would it not be something to have a couple of billion dollars, like $44 billion, to, to buy Twitter, to, to fix Twitter? Wouldn't that be something? We were talking, uh, De- Debbie, a little bit ago, uh, brought up the way we, we, we need to fight back, and I agree with Debbie. Now, what is that? what does fighting back look like to you? Well, what are we fighting back against, Mike? Well, let's uh, let's just take a look at the many concerns that, that that people are expressing during this election season, right? What what's the number one concern, according to a recent poll? Well, it was the economy, eight point three percent inflation and going up. These things are weighing heavy on people's minds. Well, also weighing heavy on people's minds, T-minus 34 days and counting, is the uh, election and the particular uh, race here in California District Number 9, Supervisor Tom Patty from San Joaquin County is running against uh, the incumbent Josh Harder. And uh, let's uh, we have Tom Patty on the line. Uh, Tom Patty, uh, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Good to have you with us here. Uh Tell us what's uh, what's happening up in uh, San Joaquin County. Well, Mike, it's so good to, to, to be on the phone with you, and thank you so much. San Joaquin County is hustling, bustling. Uh, we've got a lot of farmers in in uh, in harvest right now for the wine crush and things of that nature. The almonds or almonds, as they like to say, are in, uh, also being harvested. So we've got a lot of things going on, but we also have apparently. There's a serial killer on the loose. There's a guy that's been doing multiple shootings in Northern California. And I, I was with somebody yesterday, interviewed a gal that was shot nine times and survived. Can you imagine nine times, by, shot nine times by somebody, how cold-blooded they are? 
and uh, and she survived. So the police are working overtime. We have a public safety concern for this issue and others. And I'm, as a county supervisor, I'm proud of how this county is responding and uh, and being attentive to the current uh, concerns and issues. Tom Patty, again, San Joaquin County Supervisor, uh, and, and you're engaged in a race that we're all looking at with uh, great attention, and that is for Congressional District Number 9, the incumbent, is Josh Harder. Tell us about what you would like to do differently than what you see happening at the moment. Well, first, for clarity, Josh Harder's moving up here. He had a small part, southern part of southern uh, of San Joaquin County, and he abandoned Turlock and Stanislaus, where he actually grew up and where he has roots, and he's now locating or claims to locate, although he lives in Washington, D.C. full-time. So he's now claiming this is his new area of focus and concern, which, okay, fine, so be it. It is what it is. Um, The biggest concern, Mike, is, unfortunately, the dirty politics. He has, thanks to his relative, Nancy Pelosi, has $8 million. And I can tell you, every day there's mail pieces, commercials, and marketing of lies, slander, and misinformation about me. And that's too bad because, honestly, Mike, the biggest concerns are, of course, our cost of living, public safety. Both, both have escalated with, the, with our crime wave and with the cost of inflation. Average household cost for Americans is five to $8,000 per month in additional cost for this inflation. And that's, that's in San Joaquin County, that's one and a half months of salary on average. So we have a major problem here, and of course we have the homeless issues and, and a myriad of other. We have a fentanyl. I went to a fentanyl meeting the other day sponsored by the county, and we have a tragic environment in so many capacities, and families are losing their young sons and, and children, and unfortunately none of this is being answered, but instead my opponent is focusing on a campaign of smear and diversion so you don't pay attention actually to what he's not doing and what's happening under his watch. So let's take a look at what you have to offer, to come to voters and say, look, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do differently. What what are the big burners for you that you would do differently in Washington, D.C.? Sure. Well, what I've done as a county supervisor for the last six years, and I always believe, of course, if you want to fix your your economy, if you want a good, robust economy, and you want public safety, I think they go hand in hand with jobs. When people have the ability to have money in their pocket and have a productive life. So I, I focus on, I've done in the last couple of years, I did 1,000 job apprentice program with our local junior college, Delta College. I, I launched that program with the then president. So I'm proud of doing that for job training and, and job experiences for students that really don't even have a career. So then you look at other things for vocational education that I've spearheaded and done in San Joaquin County. Then you look at jobs, and we had to come through COVID, of course, which was a challenge, but I made certain we kept our schools open. I spoke up for our children, for their safety and for their health, and I was an advocate for parents to be engaged in the decision-making here, and when businesses were shuttered, I was pressing, pushing, and I made certain businesses were open. I brought in a program called RAD. It originated in Stanislaus. We adopted it here at my behest when I was chairman, and we put in several million dollars into the small businesses 
and it was a match. So if somebody bought a $50 gift card, we match it, and they got $100 to go spend locally. And that saved, I mean, probably a couple hundred businesses from going out of business. And it, it, it stimulated the economy locally. So I'm proud that with redistricting, San Joaquin County spoke up, and they wanted San Joaquin County to have a representative, no more Bay Area. 30% of this prior district was, was, was East Bay. Now, 95% of this new district is San Joaquin County, where I currently work as a county supervisor, where I've been a business owner for 22 years and employed people. I've done millions of dollars in economic commerce and activity in San Joaquin County. My opponent, 0.00 of anything. I work with local, local nonprofits. I make a difference in my community and the quality of life of the people that live right here where I call home, where I grew up, where I graduated high school, where my daughter goes to school. So there's a dramatic difference between somebody that moves here because it's politically beneficial for them and a person that's currently serving their community, and that's me. So I think there's a dramatic difference in this election on who's going to be working for San Joaquin County and who's dedicated to San Joaquin County. And the Delta, agriculture, farming, all of our economy is something that I've participated in since I was eight years old, and that's now 51 years of my life right here. Supervisor Tom Patty from San Joaquin County, also candidate for Congressional District Number 9, our guest. Uh, Mr. Patty, can we hold you over about five minutes, or, or do you need to attend uh, to your other duties? My friend, I'm always, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm available. I'm right here with you. Okay, uh, we'll be back with Tom Patty in five minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be right back. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley, The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show. Hour number two here on Power Talk. 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for being with us. Our guest right now, Tom Patty. He's a supervisor with the San Joaquin County Board of Supervisors, and he is a candidate for California Congressional District Number 9. He is running against Josh Harder. Uh, Tom Patty, we're looking at T-minus just a a few days, about 35 days from now. And let's let's talk about some of these major burners that are on people's minds. Let's say that uh, you are there in Washington, D.C. It's uh, 34 days from now is November 8. The people of California give you the go-ahead, and uh, you become uh, the congressman for District Number 9. Let's uh, talk about some of these major issues. The economy and gasoline and apparently the Biden administration, I would say the Newsom administration as well, their war against the fossil fuel industry, beginning with uh, President Biden doing away with the Keystone XL pipeline. What would you do in Congress to help right that ship? Well, I would hope and I believe that President Biden would be moderate enough in his roots 
to understand that when there's a wave and America voters have spoken up, that he needs to come back to the middle. And you are exactly right, Mike. This is a war on energy, which is, of course, destabilizing of your food security and your national security, as well as your economic stability. So we have major concerns. And we all want clean water and clean air and all this stuff. And there's, there could be some that, God forbid, they stand up and challenge the status quo of, of, of what everybody's thinking we must do and the urgency of it. But the reality is we, we can get there, but not overnight. How about we have a menu of energy options and we have these plans in that 20, 30, 50 years from now. And you start to look at the math and you look at all the actions that are be ta being taken and the net result by the end of this century at, in the 22nd, uh, 2200, the net change would be 0.00009% effect on the so-called atmosphere and the carbon particulates out, out uh, in the atmosphere. So we need to really, I believe, be more careful. But you know what's really pressing for me? First off, we've got border instability and security, which means fentanyl is flying across the border. You've got human trafficking. There are travesties going on in America. And if you're an elected representative, your number one job is public safety and public health, above all else. So when you've got an open border, as we do, and I am 100% in favor of immigration, 100%. I'm a second-generation immigrant. So I have no problem with guest worker visas. I have no problem with bringing in immigrants that people are want to come in that are able to be self-sufficient without a criminal background. And there are many that have needs to come into America. No problem. We welcome them. But you have to have a secure border before you have an organized and, and, and a, I'd say, a, a, a good vetting system of who's coming in. So with the fentanyl, the rise of fentanyl death, and as I said, we just hosted a town hall meeting on this and a very informative how the numbers of fentanyl death have just escalated. So we've got, we know we have public safety and public health issue. As for what we can do on the economy and slowing inflation and government, the government overspending, we, do, we know we need energy stability and security. So we need to get that Keystone pipeline started up again. We need to reduce the exorbitant fees that they put on the oil, manu uh, um, the oil processing business for, uh, for, the, uh, for the oil industry. We need to open up the land leases and reduce the fees that we doubled on those that wanted to do extraction on federal land. So we can bring those prices down when we ramp up our production and we have viable clean energy available right here in America, and it's, uh, it's the best type of oil, and it's the most available, and it's the, I think it's the best level use of, uh, of our time, money, and resources is harvesting oil we have right here in America while we ramp up. And we know we, I've heard people talk on your show about nuclear energy and carbon-free energy and, and how beneficial that is. So we should have a menu of energy available as we upgrade our grid and we move towards hydrogen automobiles and electric automobiles. And, uh, and, and that's, I believe, what we need. But it shouldn't be one size shoe fits all. Our agriculture community, I don't believe battery tractors are going to be efficient or effective for them. So, 
So there's plenty we need to do, but I believe common sense decisions, not irrational, knee-jerk uh, uh, mandates that, need, that have been put in place. Tom Patty, our guest, uh, supervisor, San Joaquin County candidate for Congressional District Number 9. You, uh, you mentioned energy, uh, gas, oil, etc., Let's talk just for a moment about Governor Gavin Newsom and his uh, his strategy of basically dumping gas combustion engines and not allowing them to be sold past, uh, what, 2035. And yet, apparently, no common sense approach to any alternatives. And uh, he is fond of saying that California leads the nation. <laughs> What would you like to see well, <laughs> happen differently in that regard? Well, I, I can tell you this, and, and, and really, oftentimes with arrogance, people think like, as California goes, so does the rest of the nation. Well, let's look at that. How many businesses, how many people are leaving California? So that should be a bellwether. of like, oh, hold on now. What can we do different or better? What can we do that's business-friendly? What can we do that's beneficial? And we love California. We love the weather. We love our diversity. It's a great state. It's a place that I call home for the greatest majority of my life, and I love it here. So I'm not looking to abandon California. Far from it. We can do things a little different and better. So instead of chasing headlines, as you're looking to pursue higher office, and I've met uh, Governor Newsom. He's a fine man. He has a lovely family, and he's uh, you know dedicated, and he sees things. And I'd have to quote Ronald Reagan when when he says it's not that he doesn't know what he's talking about; it's just that what he knows isn't so correct, right? So we need to slow down. If you worked in the private industry, and I have crane trucks. Big diesel engines with, with, uh, with, with PTOs on them so you can operate your crane and equipment. There isn't an electric equivalent for these systems and operations, and there's not going to be for a long time. And by the way, as you know, the electric grid isn't there to support all of us. And the burning of the fossil fuels to, to supply that grid that's reliable and dependable and isn't fickle with weather. So we have a, we have a long ways to go. It's a fantastic, sensational, uh, headline-grabbing statement. And he'll be long out of office before the realization and the impact is so devastating. But in reality, we need to walk, walk and work with industry and walk this into play, not mandate it. Absolutely. Tom Patty, our, our guest running for California Congressional District Number 9, his opponent, of course, the incumbent, Josh Harder. Uh, Tom Patty, in a recent uh, poll uh, done by Washington uh, Post and ABC, uh, the issue of uh, abortion, and of course this comes on the heels of the Dobbs decision, uh, 62% of respondents said that uh, the issue of abortion was either the single most important issue to them or very important. 62%, that's pretty high. Let's get your take on uh, the abortion issue as it applies to California and the nation as well. So my opinion, and I'm a father of a, of a young lady, 19, 13 years old now, so my opinion, how I feel about it is not as pressing as important, first off, as what I believe is, is important. And I do not in any way, shape, or form support my opponent's position, which is extreme. He has stated on record that he believes a full nine-month, full-term, healthy, viable child should or could be terminated. And it's got to be a, a rare occasion that that would happen. But I do not support that extreme point of view. 
And and I, I'm just not comfortable with that at all. And that's what's going to be on the ballot, by the way, with I believe it's Prop 1. So my position is this. Abortion is legal in the state of California, and it's going to remain legal. We know that. There's not going, there's not going to be any change to that in, in that degree. So it should be safe, and I would not make a decision in my, my authority, and, and this isn't ever going to be in my authority as a congressman. We're going to, we, we, we do things more like funding, right? So the voters are going to decide this coming November of, at, at what point or what parameter they want, whether they accept the, the new Proposition 1 or not. But, Mike, my position is this. I am never going to get in the way of a woman's decision with, between her doctor or health care provider and herself. And some of these decisions might be real difficult. And there are times where there are major health or crisis situations, and I'm not here to interfere with that decision. And it's a very serious and difficult decision sometimes that needs to be made. So I'm not, in my position, comfortable interfering with those decisions that a woman might have to make. And I would not get in the way of a woman's reproductive health decisions, because I've heard some people on the right say some of the real extreme things that I'm not comfortable with as well. Tom Patty, our guest again, candidate for a congressional district number nine here in California, also a supervisor in San Joaquin County. And uh, I, I think in, in fairness to everyone involved, in fairness to you and, and the people of San Joaquin County, uh, a big deal about uh, the attempt to censure you uh, in the San Joaquin County uh, Board of Supervisors. I want to provide the opportunity for you to respond to that in, in in any way that you wish to, to the extent that you can. Well, and I appreciate that. And, and this, is, this is very challenging for me because you know, here I am, a businessman for decades and 30 years before that, my father, and there's not a business on planet Earth that we've done, which I'm talking about hundreds of people we've done business with and thousands of people we work with. And to bespeech my name, to say slanderous things and say things that I'm, I'm, I'm being investigated for corruption or bribery, First off, that's egregious. Now, you want to hear the origins of this? It was Josh Harder's paid staff member that first leveled a complaint that, of bribery, literally the word bribery, about me. And it was investigated, and that's why the report wasn't rejected yesterday, because in that report, the bribery charge was found unsustained. And unfortunately, it was Josh Harder, my opponent's chief of staff here, right here, that first said that, that made that statement. And I contacted the person that I supposedly made that statement to, and he gave me a letter that says no such conversation ever happened. And get this, in the report done by the investigator, when it came time to validate that claim that she made that spawned the investigation, she said, oh, uh, well, I don't really remember that. Oh, I, I, I don't really have a lot of details on that. So she backed out of the exact accusation that she made that, that spawned this investigation. Now, I will tell you, Mike, that I have been the subject of a political attack campaign for the last two-plus years. And it happened with a, a person that was hired to work for one of our supervisors, and she put out statements that were false and misinformation that was dramatic. I mean, I was accused of being racist and sexist and all these things, None, that we voted against hiring her and all these, just all these falsehoods. And from the day she was hired, because we never didn't uh, attempt to hire her, 
It was a matter of starting her top-tier salary or not. So from that day forward, this person filed, I think it was 30 or 50-something complaints against me, none of which had any validity. Zero. 0.0 times did I ever do anything abusive to anybody in my position, ever. Zero. Sometimes you may not like my style. Sometimes I might be a little brushed. Sometimes I might call you to the mat and say, we need to do different, better, or more. And fair enough. Maybe I could be a little softer sometimes. But as an elected representative with a short period of time to get things done, I like to move things along. I am not a, a, a representative that's all about consent. I'm a representative that asks and demands for more action to solve some of our bigger challenges, such as homeless. Under my watch, in one year, we launched three homeless shelters in, in, in and around San Joaquin County, three shelters. And the board joined me in this effort. The board collectively focused on, on veteran housing and extending uh, care housing facilities for people that were, that were uh, mentally challenged. And we increased by hundreds these beds, almost 1,000 in total. I'm proud of that. These are records of accomplishment that fractions of, of them would have happened unless I kick-started and moved forward some of these actions. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that record, but shame on Josh Harder for running a smear campaign. Sam Joaquin County supervisors don't raise gas taxes. That's preposterous, but he's running with that. It's on billboards and running that Tom Patty increased taxes. He's talking about pennies of taxes from SB1 passed by the Senate, the California State Senate, and signed by Jerry Brown, one year later ratified by a 57% margin uh, from, from the California voters in 2018. You know what's more concerning to me? The $3.50 escalation in gas costs, not the $0.20 cent escalation in gas taxes in the state of California. I'm worried about that $3 plus that our gas prices have gone up in the last two years alone under the watch of Nancy Pelosi and Josh Harder. That's the bigger issue. He's running a campaign of diversion so that you don't actually see how badly they are governing this country right now. Remember that old yeah, question uh, that Ronald Tom, Reagan asked? Tom Patty, our guest, you let know, me jump in here. Now just, than you were two years ago? Ju- just in the interest of time, let me jump in here. Again, we're uh, interviewing Tom yeah. Patty. He's supervisor in a supervisor in San Joaquin County, also candidate for California Congressional District Number 9. Let, let's move now to the and Thank you for responding to that. I felt it was appropriate to have you respond to the uh, censure issue. Thank you. Appreciate that. We do have a phone call. Uh, if you don't mind, let's take that very quickly. Uh, Mr. Patty, uh, Joan uh, from Modesto uh, has a question for you. Joan, it's all yours. Your question for Tom Patty. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Douglas. Uh, I'd like to know uh, what uh, Josh Harner's voting record has been and how often he's voted with Nancy Pelosi instead of his district. Great question. I can tell you right now, his voting record in the last two years is 100% with Nancy Pelosi. And let me give you an example. The Republicans, and this is the problem, I think, in Washington right now. It's so polarized because we have one-party rule, and so there's no need to work across uh, the aisle, right? And this is a fact. We see that in California. So here's, here's an example. Just several weeks ago, the Republicans put forward a bill that the president and America should not be selling 
and, and distributing our national oil reserves, strategic national oil reserves, to China and other nations during a time with, obviously, we have a, a gas crisis and escalation of costs. And what's interesting is that 100 percent of the Democrats voted that down. Do you mean to tell me there's not one moderate there's not one blue dog dem that would say maybe it's a bad idea to be selling our strategic oil reserves to China. Is China one of our friendly nations that we need to help out? Is China broke? Why are we giving China our national strategic oil reserves? And Josh Harder voted that down. And shame on him for doing that. And so just to answer that question, 100% of his decisions go exactly with Nancy Pelosi. Again, our guest, Tom Patty. Uh, Tom, as, as you look at, and of course, uh, should you win that seat, uh, you'll be thrust into uh, issues nationwide and international as well. Uh, before we let you go, let's talk about uh, two, two quick issues. Number one, your evaluation of our policy with Russia uh, and Ukraine. What changes would you like to see in Washington, D.C. regarding our current policy? Well, I have to tell you, and I've got friends from the Ukraine, I have to tell you that I'm not playing politics with this game, with, with, with this issue. I think Russia overstepped its boundaries. I think we should, have had, we should have had United Nations forces on that border said, well, you've got your tanks on that side, we've got our tanks on this side. But be that as it may, we are where we are. And I believe that for the humanitarian causes and reasons why that we're supporting the way we are, I'm in favor of it. Now let's uh, move to a, a topic that is near and dear to many of us in the Central Valley, water. <laughs> what do you feel you could yes, do sir. from Washington, D.C. to solve this ridiculous drought issue that we have? Super, super easy. First off, what we know is that there has been a purposeful um, freeze on water storage absolutely 100 percent purposeful and, and that's not that's a whole nother discussion for another time what we can do is this when you're in washington you control the purse strings and you can say look you want your federal highway dollars you want your education dollars this is the conditions in the next six months you need to move through and let's give them a year you need to move through a moratorium against the you know, CEQA and all of the frivolous lawsuits that are in place. And by the way, that mechanism exists right now for clean energy and sports arenas. So let's just add water storage to those parameters, and we can stop the frivolous lawsuits and actually start storing water. It shouldn't take 19 years to do desalination in Carlsbad. There's, there's way too much authority given to environmental um, actions and groups. There was just in Huntington, they spent $110 million, 17 years, got final approval from every agency, and the, the uh, Coastal Commission denied them. Tom Patty, our, years, 100, 100 plus million. Tom Patty, our guest, candidate for Congressional District Number 9. Uh, he will be running against Josh Harder. And again, that vote coming up 34 days from now. Uh, very uh, quick question here. We have about three minutes left. Uh, what is your view of how the Biden administration, the DOJ, is has really weaponized the FBI? Are you worried about that? And if so, what do you think should be done? Well, we need to review policy and protocol. I've got friends of mine that are in the FBI that are retired. 
or they've got they're they're still there perhaps and they're the they're the rank and file as the, as you would say and they are disheartened by the politics that are in play and that comes out of the Washington DC that's not the people that are stationed and working diligently and honorably around this great country so we need to be doing some hearings we need to be doing some reviews and we probably need to do some 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 dramatic changes from the top down for these and none of this happens by accident as you and I both know this is purposeful. It's intimidating, and it's not the purpose of what the FBI should be. When you have parents that are proudly speaking out for their children and their children's well-being, and the FBI is weaponized against them, there's something dramatically wrong, and that's not acceptable in this great country of ours. We have the, Mike, as you know, and I don't have to tell you, we have the greatest country, the diversity we have, the inclusion, the opportunity, this free market society that we have, this economic engine we have that has lifted more people out of poverty than ever before. But I believe right now this election is our time. We are sliding towards socialism, and that's without mistake. We are heading down a path with free college, and we just wave away. We just waved away, and the taxpayers just absorbed what f- uh, a half a trillion dollars of new uh, from the from the student uh, debt from their loans. How does that? Why are we supposed to absorb that? I didn't take out that loan. I worked my way through school. I was in a boxing ring while I was going to school and washing dishes late at night so I could keep going to school. So I really think we're heading down a slippery path. With this open border and the incursion of what's estimated to be millions of people coming in, I think there's a purposeful crisis that's being created in this nation, and only a big government can fix it if they take more of our money away from us. And this is a concerted effort that I, that I fear, and I believe we need, we need to stand back and push back against and prevent it from happening. My daughter, 13 years old, does not need to be inheriting the type of country that we're heading towards. I believe we need to stand up for the values, the, vers- and the, 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 values, the vestige, and the virtue of what America has stood for and as it continues to realize its full potential. Very quickly, before we let you go, Tom Patty, how can people uh, find out about your candidacy and uh, more information about what you stand for? Well, you can find me at Tom Patty, P-A-T-T-I, for Congress.com to make a donation and get a little bit more on my background. And that's probably the best way. You can email me. You can contact me. I'm looking for volunteers. I've got, I mean, honestly, I've got dozens and dozens of people that are doing things. We have an organic, we have an organic, I don't have $8 million, but I'm proud of the money I did raise locally. My opponent, all of his money from the Bay Area is trying to steal a seat that he doesn't in a region he doesn't belong. So if you want local representation, you want to have someone that's, you know, I'm a businessman, a business-minded problem solver, I'm going to be that person that you uh, want to meet, talk Tom, to, and get to know. Tom Patty, thank you very much. Got to run. Appreciate your time. Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes. Thank you. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Very interesting interview. 
Uh, we just concluded with Supervisor Tom Patty from San Joaquin County. He has uh, thrown his hat in the ring, made it through the ridiculous primary system we have here in California. And uh, he will be uh, and is on the ballot. And uh, we'll see what happens on November 8, a mere 34 days from now. I'd uh, like to get your reactions to what you heard. Did it raise more questions for you? Were you satisfied in some areas regarding his take on both uh, California and national issues? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. During our conversation, uh, we talked a little bit about water of course, uh, whatever candidate is running for whatever office, if they're from California, whether it's a, a federal office or a local office or a state office, water needs to be uh, on the docket and needs to be something that we're uh, that we're talking about. Uh, earlier today, uh, the, there was an announcement by the state uh, Department of Water Resources that there's more drought ahead. Yeah, the last three years have been the driest in Californians' history, and they expect that's going to continue. In fact, they're planning for a fourth dry year. Here is Janine Jones, rather, Janine Jones for the uh, Department of Water Resources, State of California. She is the drought manager. How would you like to be the drought manager for the state of California? Hmm. Well, here's what uh, Janine Jones has to say about our status. We are on a trajectory towards warmer and drier conditions, so we should not be surprised if things like runoff efficiency decreases and we continue to see less runoff. Well, they're saying the 2022 water year ended last Friday with uh, actually record rainfall in October, but it Unfortunately, it was the driest January to March in at least 100 years. And uh, Janine Jones says it's impossible to predict what the winter's going to bring, but officials say the state will definitely need more than a few storms to make a comeback from such a severe drought. What's just maddening and frustrating is that this can has been kicked down the road for decades and both Democratic and Republican leaders have kicked that can. And it's just frustrating to us. I, I have been in many meetings over the years with both uh, California state and federal uh, water officials. And to a person, they have all said, we will have droughts in California. There's no way you can prevent a drought from happening. We're going to have them. A lot of Remember, a lot of California originally was desert. We're going to have droughts. The, the frustrating thing is, according to these officials, there's no reason that we have to be experiencing the devastating effects of public policy regarding the drought. There's no reason why we should have a lack of water right now. Absolutely none. These, according to state and federal officials, in meeting after meeting that I've been in over the past, I don't know, 26 years, 27 years that I've been here in Stanislaus County. And this is what's so frustrating. And uh, 
Debbie earlier at the top of the show said we need to fight back, and I think one of the one of the elements of fighting back is we need to hold these candidates' collective feet to the fire and say you must do something about this or you're going to be bounced out. You're going to be held accountable. This is absolutely maddening that politician after politician after politician in California and in Washington, D.C. has not dealt with this in an effective manner. They've pushed it down the road for someone else to deal with. And, uh, and, of course, we also have to credit the extreme environmental groups for standing in the way. Tom Patty uh, said he's all for the environment. I agree with that. I am too. I, I believe that creation was given to us human beings to steward well, to take care of, to use for good productive purposes, not to destroy. I believe that. But the radical environmentalists know that's not their viewpoint. My opinion is their viewpoint is that the earth is a god or goddess to be worshipped and that we as human beings need to drop down on our knees and worship at the altar of the environment. No, that's upside down backwards and absolutely theologically incorrect. Creation was designed for us to enjoy and to use productively. That's what it's there for. That's how God's economy works. And for us to have to worship it and to be forced by these radical uh, extreme environmentalists to stand in the way of good productive management of the environment needs to be dealt with. And it needs to be dealt with by these politicians that want our votes. And that's why we spend so much time uh, gathering this information. Again, if uh, you have any comments about our interview with Tom Patty, things that you agreed with, things that you'd like more information about or you thought that could have been dealt with differently, our telephone number here, 209-551-3483, Did you see, by the way, and, and this comes back to common sense. We brought this up. We've discussed this earlier in today's show. Common sense seems to be... A, uh, a, a losing proposition in today's culture. It is a disappearing virtue, is common sense. Now, here, here's one. Did you see the picture, the, the video uh, from Monday Night Football? All right, an L.A. Rams player, Bobby Wagner, tackled a guy who ran on the field and, during, uh, during the football game, and he had some type of a pink smoke device that he was holding and the pink smoke was uh was blowing around and uh, apparently and this was at the uh, 49ers game apparently the the protester was from you know what I'm not even going to name the group I'm not going to give that group the dignity of giving them free publicity let me just say the protester was from a group and he was protesting some kind of animal farming. Now, why you would pick a football game, I, I well, maybe it's because they use a ball allegedly made out of pig skin. Is that it? 
Was that it? Is that the connection? I don't know. But anyway, this 'er ne'er-do-well, this narcissist, this lawbreaker, runs onto the field with this pink smoke device, and L.A. Rams player Bobby Wagner uh, tackled him. Did you see that? I thought that was great. Well, apparently the man is filing a police report and uh, he is accusing L.A. Rams player Bobby Wagner of assault. Does does that carry any common sense to you as at, at all? I mean, the security people were in pursuit of him. Bobby Wagner did what he's trained to do. Tackle the guy. Ta- tackle the opposition, which is what he did. To me, we ought to give L.A. Rams player Bobby Wagner an award. He ought to be decorated for that. He ought to be praised for that. And my fear is some ridiculous judge somewhere will take the case. Some prosecutor is going to take the case and and run for it. Fortunately, and apparently the report was filed with the Santa Clara Police Department, uh, there's been no indication that there's going to be any prosecution there. Uh, so, so that's good, but it, it just, you know, the, the fact that he's, that he has, he thinks it's good to sue Bobby Wagner for stopping him from committing a crime. It's just absolutely, uh, phenomenal to me where, where people are. I just, uh, it's where we are in today's society, but But we need to take a stand, as we've talked about before, and we need to be proactive in taking a stand and saying, nope, no more to this. And I do believe that people of common sense, we need to show up in droves in 34 days and be represented on November 8. I will not tell you how to vote because you're intelligent, my job is pre- is to present you with information that you can use to make intelligent votes. How you do that is up to you. But I implore you to vote. I want to see a massive turnout in voting from common sense people come November 8. I'm just, in fact, I'm praying that that will happen so that we don't run this car called California off the cliff. All right, we'll be back with uh, more of your thoughts and mine as well in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. I'm Mike Douglas, your concierge for conversation. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A uh, a sad and discouraging note here. Uh, This press release from the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Office Uh, One of their deputies was arrested for a domestic violence incident over the weekend, booked into Placer County Jail. Upon learning of the arrest, the deputy was immediately uh, placed on administrative leave pending an internal investigation that, according to uh, Stanislaus County Sheriff Jeff Dirksey, he said uh, the Roseville Police Department is handling the criminal investigation per policy 
we will have no further statement regarding that internal investigation. Uh, sad thing. Sad thing. I, I remember taking uh, the oath uh, as a law enforcement officer back in 1979, and it was a big deal to me. And, and as part of that, you say that you solemnly swear or affirm that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of California against all enemies, foreign and domestic, et cetera, et cetera. But there was also, and I don't know if it's still in the oath or not, but there was also a phrase in there where you committed not to do anything in your private life and it's not the exact words, but I'm paraphrasing, that would besmirch the badge of authority that you wear. Now, I, I believe that people are innocent until proven guilty, so I'm not making any judgments upon this deputy. Uh, but just to say that I believe there is an added burden upon law enforcement officers to conduct themselves in private with the same dignity and with the same integrity that they do when they are on duty. Those same expectations to me extend to what you do off duty as well as how you comport yourself on duty. And I will say finally on this, and then we'll leave it there, I do appreciate both the Modesto Police Department and the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department, uh, Chief Gillespie with Modesto, Sheriff uh, Dirksy with Stanislaus County. I appreciate their commitment to transparency. These are not pleasant things to read, these types of news releases, but they're proper because there's a responsibility for public officials to be accountable to the public that they serve. And I believe that both MPD and uh, the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department do a very good job of that. And I just want to uh, applaud Sheriff Dirksy for being very transparent and uh, making the public aware of this. A sad thing, uh, but worthy of us, uh, of us to know as members of the public. Again, I, uh, I, I'm just, it, it, it pains me when a law enforcement officer goes off the radar screen, so to speak. And, and in this day when, when our culture is looking for any possible shred of reason to defund the police, to criticize police, to to uh, to undermine the authority of police. In this day and age, it is just in, incumbent, I think, upon all law enforcement officers to conduct themselves privately and publicly with the highest standards that the public can expect. And I, I'm, I'm pained when this happens. And I, as a former law enforcement officer, I believe that, and I, this is not directed at this particular deputy, I'm saying this in general, bad cops need to be dealt with. 
and their authority needs to be taken away, and we need to make sure that they are not allowed to be hired anywhere else. And so again, thank you, Sheriff Dirksy, for being so transparent. Uh, We appreciate that, and uh, thank you for being a good public servant, for keeping the public informed. All right, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. here on The Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow at 3 on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.